Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. All right, welcome to a live instant reaction podcast. The Patriots have won again two weeks in a row winning with Bailey Zappi at quarterback. Uh, and it was a heck of a game. So we're going to talk about it. We have, it's obviously me and Matt. Again, we have a special guest with us, Barrett Hodgson, who is a uh, is the Pat's Pulpit intern, also a former student. So all Former students popping up all over the place. Uh, I'm circle. Yeah, we have. <laughs> we have. So, Barrett, we'll start with you. What do you think about the game today? Uh, I thought it was a very impressive win all around for both sides of the ball. I thought it was a little sloppy at times with penalties on offense, but I thought Matt Patricia called a pretty good game. Zappi looked really comfortable throughout the entire game, and defensively especially, it felt like the Browns couldn't do anything. So overall, I thought all units played pretty well. A little scare at the end with special teams with that mm-hmm. onside kick, but it ended up working out, and uh, luckily the game didn't swing. So, Yeah. Yeah, I think if you're, if you're Bill Belichick, this is probably what you want in a game. This is your ideal win. You win, you win comfortably, you make some big plays, it looks good on the scoreboard, and there's enough wrong that – they're going to be right back at practice right away, and he's going to he's going to bring them back in with a long reel of the miscues that they had in this one. But this is, I mean, they made enough plays that the miscues didn't matter, and the Browns made a lot more of them. Right. This is we're going to have to talk about this defense too. But four turnovers that they forced today, and yeah. this is now ever since week one when they didn't force a single turnover, they've had multiple every single week. Yeah, that was the game plan for this defense. That's how they were supposed to be good this year. When you lose J.C. Jackson, you got to find another way. The talent's not there as much as it was last year or two years ago. You're rebuilding things. How do you make up for that? You force turnovers. You make big plays happen. They did it today. Yeah, and they've been – I mean, I'll tell you, like, I really I really was impressed with the Patriots with what they did. But you will say at the end of the game, and, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get into this, but, like – you know, Browns score. They don't get the two-point conversion, so now it's a two-score game still. Fine. Which, you know, Trent Green was talking about, ah, I wouldn't have done that. That was the 100% the right play because now you know if you need two scores or just one, right? 100% the right play. Um, and so, fine. Now they kick the onside kick. Either you're not ready for it or what, but Raekwon McMillan, I mean, that's just – you can't play it worse than he played it right there. And so then the Browns are covered, but because the guy doesn't field it cleanly, then the other guy's out of bounds and the Patriots get the ball – then they go three and out, and you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, they had the ball for, like, a minute. Um, and then, you know, and then he, the guy muffs the punt, and you score a touchdown the next play. And then two plays later, Jacoby Brissett just loses the football. I mean, he doesn't even get touched, just loses the football. So, like, you know, the Browns just, just puked all over themselves at the end of the game. But you, you know, as well as the Patriots played, the Browns were in it at the end of the game and had a chance – to now go down and make it, you know, a, a two point game right at the end, right at the end of the game. So, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that you're totally right. Like Belichick's going to walk in tomorrow morning and be like, Hey, great win. Feel good about yourselves, except look at all this crap that happened. Like, you know, when you do that against a good team or a team that can take advantage of those, of those miscues and we're looking at a very different outcome than the one we looked at today. So, uh, 
it is one of those things where he walks away happy too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's a lot to build on, especially because like you said, it got, it got sloppy at the end and they got lucky with that muffed punt overall, but they did execute when they made the, like when they got those turnovers, like it wasn't like they were kicking field goals. They did score two touchdowns and they sealed the yep. game. Yep. Totally right. And it's the, the middle class of NFL teams this year seems to be very, very wide. I did it. I was doing some math this week, and I think 20 of the 32 teams had, were either two and three or three and two or two, two and one coming into this week. Everybody's right in the middle. So yeah. you're trying to find a way to differentiate yourself. And the way you do that is you take advantage of those opportunities. You make those plays mm-hmm. that can swing the game. And I mean, and that's been this felt like old school Bill Belichick football. We're just going to do the simple stuff. Yep. We're going to do what we want to do. We're going to wait for you to make a mistake, and we're going to capitalize on it. It helps that you have a quarterback where, I mean, life was easy on Bailey Zappi today. Before, uh, I think going into the third quarter or going into the fourth quarter, his average depth of target was under six yards. Like He's, he's not even trying to throw the ball down the field. Everything's easy. It's all there. It's the Browns are trying to stop the run. The Patriots are able to run the ball. That sets up everything else. It's running to set up the pass. It is the classic NFL cliche right there. They made it happen. They executed. And now you're back at 500 with quite a lot of season left. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Matty P deserves a lot of credit here because, you know, as a guy who, you know, who was much maligned at the beginning of the season and what's going on and what's this play. Some of those plays, I mean, the, the, the touchdown pass to Hunter Henry on third and one. That's a phenomenal play call. That's probably the best play call of the season right now because, you know, everyone in the entire world is expecting, you know, a run up the middle and you run a play action and Taekwon goes deep and brings everyone with him and Hunter Henry's all by himself and walks into the end zone for a 30-yard touchdown pass. Like, that's the type of thing that you look at and just say, like, man, like, you can't you can't draw it up any better than they did, right? And even now, the the touchdown that wasn't to Hunter Henry, which, you know, Again, I, I feel like was the wrong call. Nevertheless, you know, he's open. That whole time he was open, you know, and that's one of those mm-hmm. ones where Zappy like, needs to see him right away. Like, you got to get him the ball, right? Like, he's wide open from the second from the second Zappy fake that, fake the play fake and has the ball in his right hand. He's all alone in the back of the end zone. So, you know, another good play call by him. The jet sweep to Taekwon was great. And the thing about having a guy like Taekwon Thornton is that when you run that jet sweep motion, if you can run it effectively, it puts a lot of stress on the defense in the red zone because now you have to worry about that guy making a play, but you also have to worry about Ramondre coming out the middle, right? So it's going to be really difficult, um, you know, to to kind of see what happens there. And so I really do like the play calling, and I do think that they have a lot of different things they can do. And Nelson Aguilar shouldn't play the rest of the year, but that's the <laughs> Well, we talked before the season, too, about how the depth of this receiver group. And yeah. Aguilar is down with an injury, doesn't even travel, and then Bourne goes out during the game. And right. if you if you look back to last year's team, if they were playing a game without those two guys, yeah, whew, they were you're, you're worried. You're really worried, and just not the case. Because you you're basically just paying, what, a third or a fourth-round pick or whatever it was to upgrade yeah, Nikhil Harry into Devontae Parker. Right. Same, same player, just much better. Yeah. And then you add Taekwon Thornton, who I think is pretty good as your next guy there. And the the room can survive being banged up. And that's just that year over year growth, that year over year depth that they're building. And I think 
last offseason is already looking like one of the better ones that we have seen in the Bill Belichick years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially with the draft class. I mean, these rookies, they look phenomenal on both sides of the ball and special teams. I mean, everyone is making plays today from that draft class. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's and listen, I mean, this is now three years in a row. Now, I know 2020, like some some things have not gone the way that they wanted them to go. But, you know, I think Penny Jennings has, has now now looks like a little bit of a player. Right. Uh, and Duggar was a beast. Right. And so he looks like a really good player so that you get that from 2020. And OK, maybe not as good as you'd want, but it's not terrible. Last year's draft class, you get Mac, Ramondre, Barmore. Like you got a really good draft class there. Oh, in 2020, you got uh, on winning as well. So, you know, pretty solid from there. And then this year's draft class looks unbelievable. They're all playing. They're all on the field. They're all making plays. Right. You got the Jones brothers out there at corner, both playing corner today at, at points. It was Marcus and Jack across from each other playing outside corner and playing very well against against guys like Amari Cooper. So, um, you know, they're not listen. I mean, you know, they're not playing the best team in the world. Right. But like you've seen what you've seen from Cole Strange so far. He's looked good. The whole this whole entire draft class looks pretty solid. And even like Sam Roberts, I thought, played OK today. Not great, but he played OK today when when he had to fill in for Christian Barmore. We'll see what happens now with Barmore. Like, you had a bunch of guys go down today. Cody Davis, I would think, is probably done for the year. Didn't I don't know good. for sure. But a non-contact injury and then to be ruled out immediately is not they were, good. They were looking at that knee. I know there's like a test that they can do on the yeah. field to tell yeah. right away if that's an ACL or not. And right. that, it looked like they were doing something. I'm not a medical expert. No, of course. And he walks off under his own power, but still, it's like Brady walked off under his, his own power when he tore his ACL in 08. So the, like, the ACL is there for stability. When you walk, right. it doesn't do anything. It's when you run or try to cut that there's the issues. So, yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, just look at the injury situation for this team because you're down Jonathan Jones. You're down Lawrence Guy before the game. You're down to your third string, fourth round rookie quarterback. You lose Barmore during. Oh, you had no Aguilar beforehand. There's no Bourne. Janu is still a little bit banged up, but playing it, he made a big play. Just he did, yeah. The depth of, and we talked about it before the season, how we felt like the depth was better. The guy, guys, I don't know, 45 through 53 on the roster were just better this year than they were last year. They lost a little bit at the top, but the rest of that was better. And you just, you could see that today i mean if you if we told you that, that they were going to go into cleveland with that rushing attack and slow down one of the most efficient offenses in football this season down your two of your top defensive tackles for most of the game right by, by laughing at that and they did it yeah for sure yeah they the defensive line was really impressive today and i thought judon had his best game of the year as a uh like a run stopper uh yeah. usually he's ranked poorly according to pff as a rush defender and i thought today he made some big plays in the run game and just didn't let chubb or kareem hunt get going at all he did and, and someone someone made a comment online about you know he was playing not pass rusher he's playing edge today and he really did do that he, he played well in the run uh he played a lot more today than he has been um you know during during so far at least at the beginning of the season so i feel like Today was one of those like, hey, we need you today. Like you gotta, you really gotta play well. And he did, and he did yeah. play well. And so, you know, you just you think that this defense, and I really do think that this defense, you know, has the potential to be very good. And they're, you know, bordering right now on like, I don't want to say they're elite yet because that's a little too far, I think, but they are right now bordering on a very good competitive defense. And I just think that like 
if they can keep doing this and they can keep getting turnovers the way they've been getting turnovers, um, you know, they're going to be tough to beat when you, you know, when you don't allow, I mean, you know, now the, the Browns picked up two fourth downs today and then scored a touchdown. It was the first touchdown they've allowed in, in two games. Right. And so like the first time a team picked up a fourth down on them and like, you know, the, the last seven attempts or eight attempts or whatever the case may be. So the way they've been playing has been, has been very impressive. And you have to just think that the defense can keep them in these games. And that's going to be like, that's going to be the next step. You know, the offense has to do a lot less when the defense keep you in the games. And I thought the scheme stuff showed up on defense too. I thought it was a great coaching game. Everybody, I mean, the Browns are a one-dimensional team in a lot of ways. They can throw the ball. They can throw it better than I think Detroit could probably. Uh, they have better receivers at least. Yeah. But early on, they want to run the game. And you had some of those third and shorts where they have the linebackers coming up right over the center and just playing the run because they know the Browns are trying to get the offensive lineman down the field and trying to get to the next level, trying to double-team the defensive tackles. And they're just saying, we're not going to let you do that. Yeah. We're going to make it one-on-one blocks across the board. And you're going to have to win all of them or enough of them to move this ball. I thought Bentley had a great game. Mm-hmm. Today, I thought was decent. Mac Wilson, when Mac Wilson was out there, he was good. I mean, I, the linebackers, I think, have stepped up a bit. And Anthony Jennings, like you said, Penny Jennings. No Josh Uche today. Jennings, I thought, showed up a, yep. a lot. They used him in the, those same pass rush looks where Uche has gotten stuff. I don't think he was as good of a rusher, but also... At some point, I think we're going to have to be looking at roster spots on this team. That they, they might have to shave a couple spots at some point, depending on where things are. Things get interesting for Uche if they think that Anthony Jennings can do a lot of the same stuff defensively. Right. And and I'll, I will give credit to Uche. I thought he's looked a lot better against the run this season than in the past. But it, things yeah. get interesting, though. The con- these are become tough conversations, and the only conversations you have if your defense is good. If you're talking about maybe having to cut good players, that's only happening because it's your defense is good from the top to the bottom. Yeah, agreed. Speaking of com- speaking of tough conversations, I'm going to go to Oliver here. Oliver talks about Zappy's pocket presence being noticeably better the last two games, and I agree with you. And listen, we, we got to have the conversation with Z- with Zappy and-, and Mac, and you know. Everyone that that follows me and Matt on Twitter knows how we feel about it. I'm curious about to hear what you have to say, Barrett. But like, I just—it's not a quarterback controversy. It's not Mac Jones is the starting quarterback for this team. Now they're winning with Zappy, which is great. And sometimes a team plays better with their backup quarterback occasionally. But I also think that you know what you're seeing from the Patriots now is different than what you saw when Mac Jones is under under center. They were asking Mac Jones to win them games. They weren't relying on the run game as much. They weren't being as cautious as they are with with uh, Zappy right now, and I think that that leads them. It's just more difficult for your quarterback. Make it easier for your quarterback. And so, to me, when Mac comes back, assuming that that's next Monday night, I would think maybe not, but I would assume that it will be next Monday night. But honestly, whenever he's healthy, I don't. I really don't care. Zappy's play doesn't matter to me. It just matters with Mac being healthy. I don't want to send him out there with a you know with a hurt ankle. And, you know, when Giardi said this week that he'd be dealing with some, you know, instability in his ankle, I said, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So, um, you know, as long as they can, as long as they can come in and kind of do that same type of thing for Mac Jones, like, I just feel like there's no reason he won't be as successful and more so than Zappy because he's just a better quarterback than Zappy right now. Yeah. And I agree. I don't think it's a controversy at all. I agree with you guys. It's Mac's team. 
Uh, I think it does put a little pressure on Mac just because he's played well. I mean, he's been, he's been really efficient and I think that's a good thing though. I think yep. Mac maybe he's a little bit more careful with the ball and hopefully they tailor what they're doing right now. And they install that for Mac, because like you said, they were trying to have him win games and he, he couldn't do that. It'll put too much pressure on him for him to just be a superstar and make crazy plays. But I think if they play it similarly, you're going to see Mac do these same things and be extremely efficient and find yeah. open guys and rely on the run game. And I don't know if, I don't know if he'll play Monday night because it, like you said, if it's uh, his ankle still bothering him, why would you send him out there against the bears? Like that's a team that you should probably beat either way. Um, so if not this week, I think he definitely plays against the Jets in two weeks, but that's another conversation. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the fact that he was questionable this week, he's been practicing for a bit. I feel like he's probably going to be ready to go against the Bears. Obviously, nobody knows but the guys in that room, and they probably don't know. It's day by day, as I think we have heard quite a bit over the last couple of weeks here. Um, but yeah, there, Bailey Zappi has shown you that he is good enough that he will not lose you games. Yep. Which I think that's that in and of itself is impressive. That is a decently high bar to clear as an NFL quarterback. He's a guy who, if you can run the ball and you're going to ask him to throw short, throw play action, do all that, he's probably. I mean, I'm looking around the league at guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and Marcus Mariota and what they're doing. Ryan Tannehill have asked him to do. Bailey Zappi's been asked to do the same kinds of stuff, and he's succeeding. So he's he's playing well. It's I think he's looked better with every drive that he's been out there, and I think. You pretty much already have your value out of a fourth round pick. You, you already got that back on him just Absolutely. by winning you two games as a quarterback. But Mac can win you games. I don't. I don't know, and I don't think that Zappy can. Maybe he can. Obviously, he's improved. We don't. We don't know what that looks like long term. But right yeah. now, Mac is a guy who I think can absolutely win you games as long as you don't have the turnovers. Right. That's the big thing. And if Mac, if Mac's throwing two turnovers a game, and he does that the next three weeks. Maybe heading into Thanksgiving, this conversation sounds a little bit different. Correct. But that's that's something that's a conversation you have down the road. And I think that that's that's what it comes down to, right? Is that Mac's going to have some growing pains? But I think that you know, when you're able to open up the offense, look at how well Mac played last year. I mean, when you open up the offense and you give him more, right? And I, and I just keep coming back to you know Tommy Karn talked about, it, and I wish I had the exact numbers, but. From 2 you know, I think it's the first six games of the season, Brady threw like 10 picks the first six games of the season. And he just was all over the place, and it was bad. And so what did they do? They scaled it back, and he had two picks the rest of the way. And and the reason for that was because the second year and the beginning of that second year is trying to figure out what the quarterback can't do. Not what he can do, but what he can't do. And I think that... You know, you you found that out a little bit with Mac at the beginning of the year this year, where you said, "Okay, yep, it's fine. You're trying to you're airing the ball down down the field," and that's exactly what he did at Alabama, right? Like, you know, if you watch his Alabama tape, it was a lot of play action stuff, but he was it was play action. He was throwing the ball down the field. He wasn't dinking and dunking, right? So, like, you know, that's what he likes to do. But then, okay, it's the NFL. It's got to be done a little different way, right? And so, I think that it's a growing and a learning experience for him, and I think that he'll get better because of it. But I do think now you have a quarterback that's your backup that seems like he can play. Now, are you going to get back what Jim? What you got back for Jimmy G? If you decide to trade him, probably not. But you might. I don't know. A team in the is it crazy to think a team in the offseason that's desperate for a quarterback will give you a second round pick? I don't think it is. Well, you know, and, the, and, and so the that's, other thing here you know, is it's 
it's a it's a nice little bit of an assurance. You always want to have more good quarterbacks. Yep. You don't have to trade them for him to be valuable. Correct. If you have a backup that you think can come in and win you two games and starts every season, that is incredibly, incredibly valuable. Just ask the Eagles. We've seen we've been on the right. opposite end of that. A guy who you think can actually play well. Um, and also, I just I think the other part of this whole QB controversy, you have to look at the greater scheme of the offense. Can we talk about how well coached this offense looks right now outside of the penalties, which that's a whole other conversation and just the existence of Isaiah Wynn. Putting those two things aside, this offense is functioning at an incredibly high level. They got guys who are making plays. They upgraded that receiver position. Like, look at what Devontae Parker gave you on that third down early in the game after the defense forces the turnover. He goes up, he makes a jump ball catch. They weren't getting those plays last year. Now they are. Defenses right. have to respect that. Now you have to play the pass, which means you can run more. It's that multi-dimensional offense with things playing off each other. What we've been com- we've been complaining about the Patriots not being able to do this since 2018, 2017, probably. And they finally have a diverse group of skill guys who can do a lot of different things, win in a lot of different ways. And I think it took them a couple games to come into their own. But you look at that game against Baltimore, they looked good for most of it. Aguilar fumbles a ball and Mac throws a pick on a ball where Parker ran the wrong route. Those two plays don't happen. We might be looking at that game differently. We're looking at Mac differently. We're looking at a whole bunch with this offense differently. They looked good for most of that. They looked really good since that game and they just had to come together. The zone offense is working. The zone running attack is working now. All of this stuff, the pieces are coming together. It's starting to work like they wanted it to. Right. Yep. Agreed. So, what was that comment there? No, he just that. said pressure should make Max step it up and uh, and protect the ball and get the run game going. And that's exactly what we're saying. Like that's it. Like that's you know, play the same offense with Mac Jones. Play the same offense with Mac Jones that you're playing with Bailey Zappi. There's no reason not to. And if you want to open things up a little bit more for Mac, fine. But like, run the ball effectively. You've shown the ability to be able to do that, and then go into it right. And and uh, I think was it Matt Chatham? I was just looking at Matt Chatham. Um, he tweeted out. Uh, hold on, let me let me pull it up because because I thought it was just extremely well said. He said Zappy makes it possible for Mac Jones to let that ankle get absolutely completely healthy, past the point of worry about an aggravation and return trip to inaction later in the year. When jockeying for playoffs, so for when jockeying for playoff spots, zero reason to push it. QB luxury, QB is a luxury for New England, not a controversy. And so, like that, that's one of those things where yeah, if the guy can play then you don't need to worry about who's going to be the starter long-term. If you feel like Mac is the guy long-term, great. If you feel like Zappy is the guy long-term, fine. Like, whatever they think, because inside the building, they they know it way better than we know, right? And if you think that Zappy is the guy long-term, then now we talk about what's going to happen in the offseason with Mac Jones. Yeah. But then it's the same way around, right? If you feel like the Mac is the guy and people believe in Zappy around the league because of what they saw, well, now you make a decision in the offseason about do you keep him as as a really good backup quarterback in case something happens to Mac, or does someone out there get stupid and offer you something, right? And so, like, it just that's to me what it comes down to. Like, you know, allow things to come to you and see how it can play out because you can never have enough good quarterbacks. I think I thought you thought you put that well, Matt. So, and the stretch coming up too. The other 21 guys on the field who aren't the quarterback play like they did today over the next yeah, four games, they should come matter. away with four wins. Although, Correct. obviously, and we can talk about the Jets, maybe those Jets games aren't as much of a gimme as we typically expect them to be right now. No, four no. and two Jets team that just won out in Lambeau. 
Patriots also almost went out in Lambeau with, with Zappy coming in on the second or third series or whatever that was. So maybe these Packers are just not a good team. Well, and what I'll say about the Packers, about the Jets, is that Zach Wilson went 10 for 18 for 110 yards passing and no touchdowns, and they won 27 to 10. So now that me now listen, Brees Hall had 116 yards rushing on a touchdown. Like they had a defensive touchdown. Like you know, it, it's not like they didn't do anything, but they're not out there out dueling. It's not like it's not like Zach Wilson went went out there and out dueled Aaron Rodgers. It's just like he didn't have to do anything, you know. And and the Packers weren't able to do much. So uh, so to me, it is going to be interesting. Right, if the Patriots can win against the Bears, which you would think that they should be able to win against the Bears. But also, here's a fun fact for you. Ready for this? To today, Bill Belichick tied George Howes for the second most wins all time. He has a chance to pass George Howes next Monday night against George Howes's Bears, which I think would be really fitting, and that would be a really cool way to do it. So you know, to to pass George Howes's Bears, to pass George Howes's record against the team that he coached for basically his entire career, uh, would be pretty cool. Yeah, and a and a primetime setting. It's going to be talked mm-hmm. about a lot. There's going to be all sorts of ESPN crazy graphics that go oh, over right. it and stuff. So I can't wait for those. I can't wait for the animation of Bill Belichick walking, you know, walking around yeah. with freaking George Howis. Like it's going to be it's ridiculous. <laughs> How far off from Shula is he at this like, point? It's like thirty something. I think. I think it's like 30, 32 games or something like that. I mean, Shula, what Shula did, it's kind of incredible, and in less games. I, I've come to appreciate that record. Yes. More now. Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely incredibly impressive what he was able to do. Only won one Super Bowl, but still. Is this total wins or regular season only? Uh, it's regular season only because total wins, I think, Belichick smokes. Him. Yeah, uh, Belichick regular smokes season him. wins for Don Chulas, 328. Oh, so maybe it is right. Re- maybe it is total because I think Belichick has three, f- 340 something. That's the number that they said today. Really? Something like that. So maybe you're right. No, maybe that's true. Uh, 321. Regular season wins and overall wins, including postseason. Belichick's 31 postseason head coaching victories the most all time. 11 ahead of Tom Landry's 20. So maybe it is. Uh, hold on. Let's see. <laughs> 324. So, yeah. So it's, it's, it's overall. Okay. It's including postseason. Yeah, including postseason, she was at three forty-seven. Three forty-seven, so, yeah. right? He's and got so a Belichick couple years now before he twenty-four. That. So thirty-three. He's thirty-three behind him. So you would yeah. think that that's going to be, yeah, you all. That's, that's at least goal. three, four seasons away, probably. You Plus, well, now we you, got a couple nineteen and 0, 20 and 0 years in there. Right, but you got it. Well, you got to remember now, though. They're only they're only six games into this season, so you got another yeah. eleven games this season. So if they can win five more this season. Of them. Well, that'd be nice. But if you could win, <laughs> if you could win five or six of those, right now you're down by under thirty. You got to think maybe you know three more seasons should be enough. After I would yeah. think three seasons after this one should be enough. But he sticks around that long. Oh, he'll be around. Oh, after the whole <laughs> Cheatriots thing and everything like that with Shula, with the way things went down at the end of Shula's life, like the way that he yeah. badmouthed the Patriots and Belichick. Yeah, I'd be shocked if Belichick walked away without taking that record. So, but he's you know. I think he's staying around too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Agreed. Do we want to talk about the bigger picture of the AFC right now? Yeah, let's talk about the bigger picture because here's what's interesting today, and I know you got, I know you got some things to go off of, and I'm gonna let that happen. But before we do, today, the Falcons beat the 49ers. 
The Jets beat the Packers on the road. The Colts beat the Jaguars, but whatever. The Vikings beat the Dolphins on the road. Granted, the Dolphins are playing with the back quarterback. Fine. The Giants beat the Ravens, and the Steelers beat the Bucks. What the hell was going on in the NFL? Like the NFL is a complete disaster. And and I think Matt, the point you were trying to make here is that is anyone actually good? Are there, are there any good teams in the NFL? Because I don't know if there are. I really don't know if there's any one team. Uh, Philadelphia might be the team, but like I don't know if there's I any think one team. The Bills and the Chiefs. I yeah, think. that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Although the Bills and the Chiefs both turn the ball over in the red zone to start the game. <laughs> so great defense. Oh, uh, Chiefs just scored oh, a touchdown. Juju so. with a touchdown. There you go. Yeah. Nice for my fantasy team. I just I look at the standings, and that's I don't know if the Patriots are like a Super Bowl team, but also there's not a lot of teams in the AFC where I look at it and I think the Patriots are going to get blown out. Like mo- right. if the Patriots played every team in the AFC, I think they would be favored or within two points, two and a half points of basically all of them. Right, except for the Chiefs and the Bills, right? That's it, really. And possibly the Dolphins, because they've had issues with the Dolphins recently, but the Dolphins are also down to their fourth-string quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know how, what's going on with that situation. That was really bizarre. He got cleared string, and didn't start. That was stupid. I didn't I didn't. And it comes that. in because Skylar Thompson gets hurt. I, I don't right. know what they're doing with that situation there, but it's just like the AFC North right now. The Ravens are 3-3. Three and three. The Bengals are three and three. The Browns are two and four, and the Steelers are two and four. And then the AFC South: the Titans are three and two, the Colts are three two and one, and the Jaguars are two and four. Just makes no sense. It's None not. These, yeah, yeah. Which is you look at the Patriots' schedule and what's going on down the stretch, and this it looks doable to make some kind of a run. They play like yeah. Play I mean, today. I, I think anybody can beat anybody, and right. That's kind of how it's going to pan out to be. And like you said, uh, the Patriots, if they play like they did today on both sides of the ball, they're going to be one of those teams that it's going to be a very tough team to beat come the postseason. Oh, 100%. And that's that's one of those funny things for me is that, like, even look at the West. The West, who everyone thought, oh, the, the AFC West is going to be so good, best division in football and this and that. And, like, the Raiders are terrible. The, the Chargers are just so stupid. They're just so dumb. So, like, I just can't, like, they're just so stupid. And so, uh, so no, I, no, I don't believe in the Chargers. Never will. The Broncos look horrendous. So, like, you know, you're like, all right. I mean, I'm worried about the Chiefs and I'm worried about the Bills. But, like, that's it. And the Ravens, I know, have, a, have an explosive offense. But, like, I don't know. Are the Ravens that good? Like, I don't think they are. What's the Giants today? Like, Lamar is good some Maybe days and not good the other days. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. And they, I mean, I think one of the issues with Baltimore, it's injuries. Again, right. that team is just getting Very killed true. by them. But, yeah. I mean, Baltimore at max strength is arguably the best team in the AFC. Second bad, they're up there. I really like what they could be. But when, they have, when they're down guys, the depth isn't there, and they're down a lot of guys right now. So I don't know what that's going to look like by the end of the year. Um, but, yeah, Barrett, what you said about how anybody can be anybody, I think the unfortunate reality of that is that it applies to the Patriots as well. <laughs> Yeah, the way well, that they have played right. at points this season, you got to avoid that. You can't have performances like you did weeks one through three, or one through yeah. It's really those first three. If you yeah. play like that against the Raiders or the Bengals or the Dolphins again late this season, you will lose anyways. And that could be the difference between being in the playoffs and not being in the playoffs. Absolutely. By the way, we misread that. I misread the uh, the the wins thing. Belichick is at three twenty four. Shula's record is three forty seven. So he's only mm-hmm. twenty three games behind. 
Oh, so that's, that's okay. right. So, so that's you're the, this uh, year you're and the, the next math year. teacher here. You know what? I I looked at it quickly and I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was three fourteen and it's three twenty four. So so he's only twenty three games behind. So like that's you know two seasons and then I would say two seasons after this season. I'd be surprised if it took that long. And you know I don't think he's going to get there next year, but the year after that, I would think for sure. Hopefully, hopefully they can do that against the Dolphins. That'd be that oh, would be, be fun. so good. Oh my god, it'd be so good in Miami against the Dolphins. Oh, be amazing. Oh, do it at home, home prime time. Well, doing it at home would be better, of course. Yeah. You know what I mean. And you know that you know now that they will schedule it that way, right? Just like last yeah, year when they scheduled Tampa and Brady ended up breaking early, but they scheduled Tampa early against the Patriots because they thought that he would that he would. Uh, break the record against the Patriots and of course he ended up throwing for like 500 yards in the first two games and so he ends up breaking it before the Patriots game but you know they yeah. thought that he was going to break it on primetime against the Patriots so you know yeah. you, you you make that matchup on primetime against the Dolphins oh it'd be so awesome well they so, and shout, out, with- shout out to my dad who sent those numbers to me because I was um I just wasn't looking at the numbers clearly Papa Lane coming yep. watch. they uh they did it too for the Pats in 2013 with that Pats Saints game because that true. was one where Brady would have passed Breeze for most passed or tied Breeze for most consecutive games with a touchdown pass. Right. And they would, would have done it against him. And we yeah. talked about this earlier this week, but that Bengals game in the rain the week before the one that yeah. ended the streak. Right. Yep. Yep. That's the way it goes. You know what I mean? What are you going to do? So, um, all right. You want to you pass out some game balls? I'm down. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Barrett, you're the you're you're the guest here. Let's let's start you off. You can start off with your game spot. ball, sir. All right. So my game ball is going to go out to the rookie Bailey Zappi. Incredible game today. Twenty four for thirty four, three hundred nine yards, two touchdowns, hundred eighteen point four passer rating. You can't get much better than that out of the third string quarterback. I mean, he played well. His one mishap was that fumble, and it really wasn't his fault. Isaiah Wynn. Being Isaiah went out there. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. But Zappi looked he looked comfortable. He was moving around the pocket well. I thought that one play stood out to me, and it was the play where he slid up in the pocket. He felt someone from behind, uh, threw on the run a little bit and hit Thornton across the field. And I sat here and I said, Wow, that was an, an impressive play from a guy who's yeah. gotten first team reps for two weeks. Played he only played one year at Division One football in college. I yeah. thought it was a uh, a very impressive Yeah. That's that's a great analysis of that too, because that I mean, and that was one of the things where I think you've seen him get more comfortable week over week. It's those subtleties, it's the little plays. So yeah. well earned from him. The step up that that was definitely is the most impressive play he's made. He made a nice throw to uh, to Hunter Henry to get them down to the goal line when he threw the touchdown pass to Tyquan Thornton. He did make a nice throw to Tyquan Thornton as well later for the touchdown. But you know he's making more and more of those throws. And look, the guy attempted like. 50 passes a game last year, right? So he can sling it, right? And, and and they don't mind letting him throw it, which I do think is fun to see. Um, you know, but but yes, I I mean the way he played today was fantastic. And again, as Matt Chatham said, and as we said, like you're now in a position where you feel like you can win with your backup quarterback. Maybe you can't win against one of the good teams. Maybe you can't look at it and say, We need our quarterback to carry us this game a little bit. Maybe you can't win you one of those games. He can he can go out there and play good enough to give you a shot to win against most teams, and that's going to be good enough for the Patriots right now, especially with this with the stretch of games they have coming. So, yeah, if Mac is ready for Monday night, which it kind of seems like he will be, he's in. 
But if Mac isn't ready for Monday night, are any of us super scared about Bailey Zappi? I mean, he he struggled in the, in the beginning of the second half, beginning the second quarter. I'm sorry, he had a really rough drive where he struggled a little bit. Overthrew Parker on a on a comeback or on a back shoulder route. Three passes in a row where he just yeah was not close on it. Right, and but then he came out and then he looked okay, and so you're like, okay, he figured it out, right? He fixed those issues, and so um, I think that he's okay, trending in the right direction. And again, you know, we talked about the whole. I'm not even going through the controversy thing, but I think he 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 deserved the game ball today, and uh, and gets it from Barrett and Oliver. Stop stealing our thunder here. It's coming, okay? Our our other game balls are coming. <laughs> So go go ahead, Matt. You want to go with yours? Yeah, I'm going for Tyquan Thornton here. This guy, ever since they drafted him, I just I absolutely love the dude. I was super excited to see what he could do. And um, what he managed to do, I mean, just you see the speed show up. You see it show up in subtle ways. So obviously, the jet sweep, that one was awesome, being able to make that happen. Um, and I hope we're going to see more of that this season. But it's the other place. It's the, the first touchdown where... He, mm-hmm. the, the big knock on him was, can he beat press coverage and can he get upfield? Well, he does it at the goal line, beats the defender, cuts across the field, and the, the speed really shows up there because once he's passed him, that's, it's game over at that point. They're not catching up to him. Easy touchdown. Yeah. And that play to Hunter Henry, Tyquan Thornton was a huge, huge part of that because it's play action. He's the only receiver on the field. They run him deep, and he takes two guys with him. Because they need to respect it, and the safety needs to play mm-hmm. over the top of that. Leaves Henry all alone to make that play, and I mean that right there. That's that's why you draft him. Right, you draft a guy like that to make plays. But on a down over down basis, he's going to help you more with what he does to help the other guys than with what he does to actually show up on the stat sheet. Right. Apart from the games where he's going to actually go off for crazy numbers. Right. And that's the thing. And, you know, one of the things about Thornton that stuck out, and I've talked about this, you know, after the draft is that like they drafted him and I'm like, this guy sucks, man. Like what the hell? Like we, you know, like why the hell would they draft him in, in the second round? Right. Because he goes out and does what he does at the combine. And then he's still a fourth or fifth round projection. And then you put on the film and you're like, wait a second, this kid can play. He, he, you know, has a really good release game off the, off the line. And the press coverage thing is a great question, but then you see him in the red zone and you're like, no, he can get off press coverage just fine, right? So it is really interesting how you watch the way that he plays the game. Um, and you're, it's impressive. It is impressive. And they haven't had a guy that has the type of speed that he does in a while. I know Aguilar has that type of speed, but like, I just feel like Aguilar, if he's not, if he's not wide open down the field, you don't see that speed quite as much from Aguilar because he's worried about catching the ball. He's worried about running routes. Thornton just seems like a smoother route runner already than yeah. Nelson Aguilar is. And I, I just, I love the release game off the line. And I think he's just a better, like, functional athlete yeah. in a lot of ways. The length also helps there. He doesn't need to get his open because I think he can. We haven't seen him do it. Uh, he has smaller hands, too. So we'll, we'll see if it actually translates. But he flashes some ability to make contested catches. Yeah. If you can if you can make contested catches and be that height and run that fast, there's I mean, that's small company. There's not a lot of athletes, period, that are gonna be able to do all that stuff. Yeah. And we haven't seen them go to the deep ball really with him yet. I'd like to see what that looks like, but he hasn't needed that to be effective. I thought he actually showed some pretty good vision after the catch when they used him on the screens. Generally pretty good vision as a runner, and yeah, it's game two for him. 
It's, right. Uh, we don't know what the ceiling looks like for him, but he should get better than what he is right. You would think. You would think, yeah. right? And then and at the very least, you're going to have to, you know, as you see him progressing, defenses are going to have to send more assets to him. And as that happens, other guys are going to be able to get open because of it. So yeah. it's yeah. and I know, wanna, Yeah, And I want to pull up this before we go to yours. I can't wait to see him with Mac. Zappy's done fine, but he can't hit him deep like I think Mac can. I think that's a huge thing here. Mac has a better arm than Zappy. He's much better with the deep ball than Zappy is. And I think once Mac is back, if the two of those guys can get on the same page, that's mm-hmm. where you start looking at, okay, this guy's going to have a, a 130-yard game with four catches and two touchdowns. Right, right. And that's going to be, you know, fun to watch. Fun to watch. So we'll see. Speaking of fun to watch, my game ball goes to Kyle Duggar because Duggar's a beast. Led the team in tackles today. Had an interception, big interception at the beginning of the game that kind of gets the ball rolling for the defense. And, you know, he was just all over the field. And he did give up one long play to Njoku when, you know, he was kind of peeking. He kind of anticipated an out route coming, and it wasn't an out route. A nice little route by by Njoku. Um, But, my goodness, he, you know, he plays extremely well in the run game. He's really good in the open field making tackles. He's just one of those guys that, like, you know, he reminds me of of a um, of a Jamal Adams type, where he plays the game that way, right? Where I think he he's, like he's better. Oh yeah, he is. He yeah. is. I mean, I mean, listen, Jamal Adams he's better and, in pass coverage. Jamal Jamal Adams and Vince Wilfork have the same amount of career interception. So, like, <laughs> you know, that's 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 always my favorite stat. I'm hoping that Jamal Adams never gets another interception because if he if he finishes his career with as many interceptions as Vince Wilfork, it'd be amazing. But he is. He's better in pass coverage already, but he plays the game with such reckless abandon. And he, you know, hits so hard. And they, you know, I think the Patriots defense overall, you see what they're able to do and the way that, you know, Agent Phillips does it and Judon does it and got, they just get these guys to the ground. They make these tackles in the open field and bring these guys down. And, you know, sometimes it's Duggar flying up from the safety spot and just crushing someone, or sometimes it's him just, he gets a guy in the open field and just and just pulls him down, right? And so I've been extremely impressed with Duggar. He needed to take a step forward. He did this year. It certainly has seemed that way so far this year. So um, you know, they're on the right track and and Duggar deserves one today, and so he's getting one for me. He now I just checked. He now has one more career interception than Jamal Adams. Let's go. Already yeah, is he's up to he's up to five. If I was reading those Love numbers it. correctly. But no, no, just- no, no. I think Jamal Adams only is like I think Adams only has two. Well, that is that is the number that I thought what it was. But I was just I'm on Pro Football Reference here, and I'm seeing four. I'm seeing two of the Jets and two in Seattle, and he had two in Seattle last season. So I think that stat might have been from before last season. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, but still, I mean, Either Kyle Duggar in his, his third season here already has more picks than Jamal Adams, and he's yeah. as good of a run defender, if not better. I mean. It's it, the what he can do to tight ends is impressive too. I, I also I don't care that much about the double move to Njoku that he gave up. Oh, uh, Vince just, Vince finished his career with three interceptions. So so Adams must have gotten a pick at the end of the year last year. So yeah. he must have tied Vince last year and then gotten a pick at the end of the year last year. Yeah, that's wow. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I don't and like there was that that double move with Njoku. I don't really care that much about giving that up in that situation because like that's on the pass rush. Yeah. If you're giving up, if you give up a double move when Jacoby Brissett's the quarterback and you're squatting on something at the, the first down marker, like it's just that happens. 
I do think, and I think one of the key takeaways, like the pass rush I don't think was great for most of the game. But the second that they got the lead and like really got the lead oh, yeah. and were able to start playing like it, it was out there. And that's, that is what we talked about last week. That's who this team is. I don't know how good this defense is going to be against truly two-dimensional offenses, teams that can pass and run well. But there's also not a lot of them in the NFL this year. I mean, just look at this. It's the Bears next week. They don't scare me there. The Colts don't scare me in that way. No. The Jets don't scare me in that way, I don't think. Uh, that could change. I'm going to leave that open because they're 4-2 and two right now and they've looked kind of decent. So we'll see what happens with those. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Cardinals are hit or miss. The Raiders are hit or miss. The Bengals' offense has been really up and down this season and just really, really inconsistent. They've got better players, but they haven't always played like it. Right. And the Bills have not been able to run the ball this year outside of Josh Allen. So you put right. all this together, and, and we don't know what the Dolphins are going to look like. And all of a sudden, the, the, the defense being kind of one-dimensional in some ways might not matter yeah. for most games this season. Well, and you think that the majority of the teams around the league can't run the ball effectively, right? Some teams, that's it, kind of all they can do. Like Chicago, I mean, they can't run very well, but they certainly can't throw the ball. So, like, you know, the only thing they can do... They're, multi, even, they're multidimensional. They're, they're bad at both things. They're bad at both, yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, I think the Jets are, are an interesting one. Brees Hall looks like a player, right? Now, he's got back-to-back gains of 100 yards rushing. Or, no, he had 190 scrimmage yards, but I think he only had 90 rushing and 100 receiving last week. And he had over 100 yards rushing this week. So, he's had back-to-back gains where he's looked very good. Now, the Patriots are going to have a tough, 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 tough test against him in two weeks. But... That's a game they should still win, right? Then you got Indy. Like, you should win that game. So it's like you start looking at this and saying, okay, if they beat the Bears, and they even if they split with the Jets, even if they split with the Jets, which I wouldn't be happy about, but even if they split with the Jets, right, you're looking at six and four after that Jets game going into the Thursday night game against, against uh, uh, Minnesota on Thanksgiving, right? And so, you know, Six and four at that point. Okay, you beat the Vikings, let's say. You beat the Raiders and the Cardinals. You got eight wins. And now it's like you got to either b- knock off the Bengals or the Dolphins or somehow split with the Bills. And, like, that gets you to nine and eight, right? So, like, and I think at nine and eight, you're fighting for a playoff spot. So it's, you know, so to me, that's where you can win some of these games. And that's if you split with the Jets, 
right? If you yeah. beat the Jets out right now, you're seven and three walking into that Minnesota game. Like, yeah. and that's you know, that's one of the crazy things right now is the Patriots are three and three and last in the AFC. East. I know, yeah, because the Dolphins are also three and three and they lost the tiebreakers, right? You got the Jets up there at four and two, and the Bills are four and one as, as of us talking about this and currently losing at Kansas City. Which, by the way, Joe Tooney just got kind of folded up on the play, so he might be he might be oh, injured there. No. Uh, he might still be in the game. It, it's kind of hard for me to tell. I got this on on the side. Yeah, but here. still, you know, yeah, you never. I, I do, I do love Joe. Oh, I think he's still in. So, oh, okay, good. Yeah, well, love, good. love, love, love Joe Tooney. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just this is the way the schedule works out for the Patriots this year. It's really, really favorable for the most part. Yeah. And and now I think the other part of this is if you play like this and Mac takes it to the next level, suddenly you're in a position where it's not will we make the playoffs? It's can we catch Buffalo? Correct. Well, and that's I think they're yeah. a little bit far off right now, but also they still got both of their games left against them. And if if things bounce your way, there is a reality where you're going into that game at Buffalo on January eighth, week eighteen, which is so weird. It's that's a playoff weekend. Why we, yeah, it's so weird to me. Yeah. But you could be going to that game with winners getting a division. Right. Which would be, I mean, you you look at the way the Patriots started the season, and to mm-hmm. even think that at this point is crazy, right? To even think that we're at that point right now. And, you know, you need a little bit of help. But if the Chiefs knock off the Bills here, right, and, you know, and the, and the Bills lose another game to, to someone else, now all of a sudden they got three losses, and if you you know, yeah, and if you basically went out, I mean, you know, it's, it's tough. Yeah, and the Bills are good, but they also are not not a not like they have some flaws. They got some holes. They have some serious injury concerns yes. this year too, which is going to be a part of that. And they still got to play uh, the Jets twice. Who again, like we said, are still looking like they could be a real opponent. Right. Um, Honestly, the look. I'm now. I'm now taking a look at this Bills schedule, and after this, it looks incredibly. Oh, easy. It's cream puff. Home games against the Packers, Vikings, Browns, with a couple games against the Jets, Lions on the road, Bears on the road, Dolphins yeah. left at home, like just yeah. like the Patriots, and a game at the Bengals on Monday Night Football, Week 17, January 2nd. So this, I mean, there's there's a somewhat realistic chance here where kind of after this week we got a couple AFC East teams that are going to get hot and it's going to come down to the last two three weeks of the season yeah that's true that's true no it's going to be uh, really interesting to see what happens and you know the Bills could be could be that hot team and the Jets you know now here's the interesting thing right now the Jets who are the Jets play next week the Jets play um I thought it was someone pull this up decent um for you for uh, Denver on the road Denver on the road. Yeah, you they can should. Beat, if, if you can beat Green Bay on the road, you should beat Denver on the road. That's true, but will they? Is the question, right? And so, you know, I don't know. So let's say they let's say they lose that game. Let's just say they lose that game, and the Patriots win. Now you both four and three, and the Patriots are going into into uh, MetLife Stadium, and you know, with a chance to the Jets feeling good about themselves, or even the Jets say the Jets win and they're five and two. Now they feel real good about themselves, and you go in there, and if you can beat the Jets. Uh, you know, in MetLife, that'd be a pretty huge win for the Patriots if they can if they can pull that off. So the, the Jets are going to know who they are by the bye week, I think, because they got this game at Denver. But after that, it's back to back home games, October 30th, November 6th, both one o'clock games, Pats and Bills at MetLife. Yeah. And then the bye week. So that's right. kind of we find out who you are. 
the bye week after that too was going to give them a chance to reevaluate and bounce back. So make some adjustments. We'll see if that is going to help them. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's also. I mean, what I can't believe the world we're living in. We're talking about the Jets with a winning record here. In, I know. Late October. Second second place in the AFCs. You know, I just think October. I, the Patriots schedule is so weird, man, because they got you know five primetime games, mm-hmm. and all, then all the rest of them except for the Green Bay game because it's out there. Except for the Green Bay game, all the rest of them are one o'clock games, and it, like I hate the one o'clock game, and I, I don't mind the away one o'clock games. I hate the home one o'clock games. I love the four thirty one o'clock, the four thirty home games are my favorite because they're at home and they're like fun to go to the four thirty game. You know what I mean? Yeah. But well, I'm um, looking. Uh, that's this, one that, have, that Dolphins they, game might get flexed at the end of the year. The Dolphins one, I was looking at that Bengals one on Christmas yep. Eve too. I feel like that's definitely going to get flexed to the four twenty five. It certainly um, might, yeah. I'm I'm hoping it does for personal reasons, but um, that'll fit, that'll fit my holiday schedule a little bit yeah, better. I am not. Thank later. you very much. <laughs> I'm already not going to that game, and then you know if it's 4:30, it's gonna be awful difficult for me to even watch that game. So, you know, yeah, I'll figure. Don't worry, I'll find a way to watch the game. We'll, but still, we'll my wife's not gonna be happy about it. No, you know? well, that's this is what phones are made for. Phone <laughs> under the table at dinner. Good point. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. Not only you talk about the primetime games for the Patriots, you get their first one next week, and then you get to Thanksgiving in four in a row. Thanksgiving primetime, Thursday night the next week, Monday night the week after, Sunday night the week after. Can they can they flex Sunday night games out of primetime? I think theoretically they can, though it's extremely unlikely. Because they, they might do that week fifteen bats at Raiders, depending. Yeah, that no, they, not... they won't because of the storylines. Because it's yeah. Belichick versus McDaniels, the storylines will sell. And it's and in believe, Vegas. They'll believe, never they'll never switch that one. I mean, I believe the way it works is that they can flex games, but Fox and CBS each get um like to kind of put a hold on a game, they get veto power to an extent. Yes. Yep. So basically you need one of those networks to be hosting two separate games that are both really better good. than the Sunday night yeah, game. Exactly. Which isn't, I mean, we don't know who's good this year, so a lot could right. change. Uh, the other thing is, we're, we're talking down on the Raiders, and they have not been able to win games, but all of their games have been close. Right. Right. And I agree. They've all been, all been one possession losses. So that's not, that's not a, it should be a close game. <laughs> I don't think that's a gimme for the Patriots. No, I don't think so either. So, how it happened in the um, preseason, though, I don't know how much that matters. But so, Mike Reese just tweeted this out, and I want to read it because I think, I mm-hmm. just think, one of the things that makes Belichick so great is not just his coaching, but the way the appreciation that he has for the game of football and the way that he imparts that knowledge and that history onto his players, I just mm-hmm. think separates him from some of the other coaches out there. And so Reese tweeted out that uh, Bill Belichick suggested players were to return that play. I'm sorry. Bill Belichick suggested he has a typo in here, suggested players return to the field before leaving and take note of five names, Jim Brown, Paul Brown, Marion Motley, Ozzie Newsom, and Bill Willis. In mentioning those names, Belichick spoke to players about integration, football history, mm-hmm. slash excellence, and more. And that's the type of stuff for me, like that gives me chills even thinking about that. Like mm-hmm. Belichick's out there, get a huge win, young guys that are playing well and we're feeling good about ourselves. And he's like, hey, look, before you leave, Let's just just show some appreciation for the history of the game and for you know the guys that have come before you and not just, you know, 
and you know, you talk about integration and the history of the game and how yeah. the game has changed. And I think the appreciation that he has for that stuff and, and to, you know, to give the passion for, again, not just the game of football, but the history of the game of football to his players. I think that's something that, you know, guys love about him because he's so real about that stuff. And, uh, and that's just cool. I think that, I think that's awesome. And Bill's a guy who's seen that firsthand too. If I'm remembering my Bill Belichick biography correctly here, his yeah. father was the coach that integrated the team at Navy. He was, yeah. Bill yeah, was I'm pretty kid. sure, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he's gotten to see this stuff firsthand and know the kind of impact it has on people. He's not reading a history textbook. He was there when this stuff happened. And right. The, that mutual respect. I mean, it's just, I'm glad he's our head coach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have I have a, a tweet that's kind of the other end of the spectrum here to read for you. Jason McCourty tweeted, the type of brother I have. He FaceTimes me after his win in Cleveland from the locker room so I could see what it's like to win a game in Cleveland. Oh, it's unbelievable. That's so good. I love it. I love awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, that's, that's right? I like this roster. They are. But you know what? Like, you see Sauce Gardner today. I don't know if you saw the video of Sauce Gardner today. Sauce Gardner... Mm-hmm. at Lambeau is running off the field with a cheese head on his head. Like, bro, I- I'm sorry, but like, what are we doing here? Like, what are you doing? I get that I you like won that. and it's a big, I but like, like I know, but that is something that would not fly here. You know, that's yeah. something where, Hey, be, you know, be friendly all you want and, and be silly and do things, but don't show up your team. Don't show up the team you're playing against. There's no need for that. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the type of stuff that pisses me off when it's like, I know it's a, a competition. I know everyone's competing out there, but like you're a rookie out here and you're, you know, you're showing up the other team. I, I don't know. I just, I just don't like the way I just don't like it. I just don't, I just don't like it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. maybe I'm just say, old school because of that, but yeah. I, I like defensive backs that play with attitude. If that seems like something Jack Jones would also do, it does kind so. of seem like something Jack Jones would do, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I got. I'll, I'll leave you with one more quote here before we uh, wrap this up. Um, this is uh, Andrew Callahan and tweeted this out. A uh, quote from Tyquan Thornton on the jet sweep touchdown. "Quote: I wasn't quite surprised that he had scored because one of the coaches was telling me about it throughout the week. Wouldn't name the coach, but I just it, it makes me wonder what what." going on in the media environment in boston because we spent right. how many months talking about how awful these coaches are and how they right. don't know what they're doing this is even just today even yeah. today i was listening to the the pregame show on patriots.com and uh i don't i actually don't know the names of the guys on there but uh whoever it was was talking about how he still wasn't convinced that mac was happy with the offense and that right he still had issues, residual issues from stuff that happened this summer. And I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. You this watch just, the team yeah. play, you watch the way they like each other and how much fun these guys have playing together clearly. And it's a, nothing about it screams that there is issues with the coaching staff mm-hmm. or with the team. You just at a certain point, you know, the, the hard thing for me is that at a certain point it becomes about clicks, right? More yeah. than, more than you know being actual news being actually what you think it becomes about clicks right and you know of course the old adage is that you know about the radio guys is they got to talk for 20 hours a week so you got to talk about something you know like you got to talk about something you got 20 hours a week to fill right so i understand it i get it and then that brings people in because now they're calling now they're pissed off i get all that stuff but like at a certain point you know you're being disingenuous. If you watch this team play 
and you think that they have an issue with their offense, that their offense isn't good enough, that they struggle offensively, that the scheme isn't good, that they're calling bad play. I just, I don't know what to tell you. And I, listen, I know, I, I do understand also that you played the Lions and the Browns who both suck on defense. I get that. But still, you're having some success moving the football. Ramondre's running the ball extremely well. Harris was running the ball extremely well before he got hurt. Now you have some playmakers in the passing game. I just think, like, what more do you want? Like, I'm sorry, but, like, why are we still complaining that we think the offense isn't good enough? It's just stupid. Yeah. I mean, the offense has been, at worst, middle of the pack this season, and that's when you include the turnovers. Right. The second I, – I was actually – it's funny. I was doing uh, – for any for any of the real nerds like to get into the numbers out there, uh, the website, it's rbsdm.com. They do yes. real analytics of football stuff where you can look at like EPA per play and all kinds of stuff and play with the numbers. I was going through that this week, and it's funny. To this point in the season, when you include the turnovers, the offense is just outside of the top 20. This is before today's game. And the yeah. defense was just outside the top 10. And then if you click the exclude turnovers button, the offense and the defense swap spots. The offense becomes one oh. that is just, just borderline, outside just outside the top 10. The defense yeah. is outside the top 20. And that matches the eye test. Take care of the football, right? Take care and of the football, real- and this team is close to undefeated. Maybe not undefeated, but close to it. Yeah, and that's that's the Bill Belichick thing, right? Can they? It's can they do it? That's how, what they did. That's how they made their money. That's how they made the bread for so many years in the Brady years. And you just got to repeat that formula. Obviously, much easier said than done. Clearly, right? Yeah, but still, this isn't. This is not easy. And they're at like basically. Yeah, they're at exactly two turnovers per game forced this season now, which I don't know if that is actually sustainable. I don't know how that stacks up to history here. But um, so if that's sustainable, if the defense keeps doing this in production wise, it's going to be a top 10 unit. Yep. And if the offense cleans it up, they're also going to be a top 10 unit. And that's, if you have that, two top 10 units, team. And not only that, if you have two top 10 units, you're probably a top seven or maybe top five team because a lot of those teams at the top have one really good unit, one top yep. five unit and one iffy. Right. We're not that far off. And this is with all of the crazy stuff we've seen. Yeah. All of the Agreed. really bad play at times this season, the offense is still up there. Yeah, for sure. So, so we'll see, listen, Patriots are back at 500. There's a lot to be happy about. There's a lot to, to feel good about. Uh, obviously a big week coming up. Right, Monday Night Football against the Bears, and uh, you know what is that going to look like? Who is you know who's going to take the lead on that? Who you know who's going to be who's going to be starting a quarterback? I think it's really the question that a lot of people want to know, and we'll find that out. We'll find that out. The other question, the one that's on everybody's minds here, is do they wear the throwbacks again? Oh, I hope they do. I do. So they, I think Mike Reese said this, that in the locker room after the Lions game, the guys were clamoring to wear the throwbacks again because they liked them. Yeah. And they can, they can only wear any alternate uniform three times in a season. That's the max. Right. They announced two dates for the red jerseys. The Which game against the, the Lions, the Thursday night game against the Bills. Those right. are the two. That's it. In yeah. theory, they have a third if they would like to use it. They've never worn them more than twice in the season. And, They've really worn them like once per season in the past. Oh, I would love second to one on Thanksgiving. Monday night football. Come on, dude. Monday night football. And it's, it's the Bears. So it's the classic uniform yeah. matchup. But at the same time, they might want to avoid any comparison to Super Bowl 20. 
So I would get that. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. You don't, it would be the exact same uniforms there. That's if true. They don't, if they don't want That's to touch fair. that one, I get it. But. That's fair. That's fair. So, all right. Well, let's get out of here. We've been here for an hour. Um, but thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. We have a big show this week. Exciting guests yeah. coming on this week, later on this week. So, uh, no spoilers, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting. Get exciting guests that uh, that you may have heard if you listen to other other uh, Patriots, you know, podcasts. You may have heard them already uh, on one of on one of your podcasts last week. So, uh, we have exciting guests coming on this week. But of course, we'll be talking about the Bears game coming up on Monday night as well. Big win for the Patriots, back to 500, feeling good about our prospects offensively and defensively, as we should be. So, all right. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it, and we will uh, we'll see you later on this week.